Hey, what's up? I, okay, I'm sorry. I need to be honest. I don't know how to start these episodes. It's really weird. Like, I feel like I'm a YouTuber and I have to say, Welcome back to my channel. What's up? Hey, swipe up to subscribe. But, you know, it's like, how else do you get people's attention? So, you know what? Forget it. I'm going straight into it. What's up, guys? I'm going to pretend you're right here around me. Everybody, all of you at the same time. Um, yeah, thanks for listening to this. I wanted to provide a different kind of episode this go around. Um, this is not going to be necessarily music related. A um, little bit of a different route, which hopefully can be a, uh, you know, breath of fresh air for you um, and can provide something a little bit um, more into the side of learning something new, something different. I had the privilege and got a chance to um, talk and hang out with uh, buddy Drew Meadows, which throughout this podcast, I'm realizing like, you know, when you know somebody for so many years, but you've never actually sat down with them to like actually I guess the word is heart to heart, <laughs> but just to really like find out about each other, like ask each other questions like, well, like, Hey, tell me about this. Tell me about that. And I've, I've been enjoying that. I really do appreciate and value these kind of relationships. And I think it gives it all a lot more meaning, especially for those people that you just have a lot of history with and you've been around, uh, each other for a long time. It's, it's really cool just to be able to get to know each other. So, uh, thank you, Drew for definitely uh being open honest vulnerable and um yeah but for everybody listening i got a chance to interview uh drew and kind of discuss a little bit about his adoption story so drew um was adopted and it was a really cool story just because i really had never uh known about it number one but really just kind of learning a little bit even about that particular process and you know, several years ago now, so I'm sure different processes are new and different. Uh, but it was it was really eye-opening for me. I definitely learned some things, and it's it's really cool just to see people's history and background because I feel like so many times you can not that you obviously know everything about them, but I mean, I definitely believe that everybody's past is definitely a big part of who you are now. And who you are today and just kind of help mold you or at the same time maybe you didn't let it mold you maybe you didn't let it affect you or you know uh identify who you are or who you needed to be which is you know a brave thing can always be uh maybe not the easiest thing uh but yeah it was really cool um like i said i want to be able to possibly start bringing on different people um that are just outside of the music world which is obviously still fun it's it's my thing but I think it's cool. I think it's good, you know, for maybe maybe you do, maybe you don't know anybody that's ever been adopted. So this might be a cool little uh, introduction to that world or, you know, myself being a parent, my my worldview is definitely different. I just think about <laughs> the big sphere of things. And I don't know, maybe you're thinking of adopting. Uh, maybe this is something that could just give you some insight, somebody that's gone through it and, you know, older now so i think it's it's definitely a cool perspective to be able to see from an outside in uh viewpoint of kind of like what they went through and how they processed their feelings of that and 
like what that means like you know try and try and put yourself in somebody's shoes like you find out you're adopted or i mean i think i definitely drew story was really cool because he kind of knew about it earlier on and i won't give it all away but very much exciting and it was cool and um yeah i think it was a really cool experience just to be able to have him share that with us so thanks you let's take a listen What's up, guys? This is Andy. Welcome to <laughs> the Story Lane Podcast. I'm here with Drew Meadows. Hi, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Great. Now, this is interesting. It's the first time I get a chance to do the kind of like a live uh, interview slash conversation. So it's pretty cool. So thanks, dude. Appreciate no you. Glad to do it. Letting me uh, bother you. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bother at all. But um, yeah, man, we just kind of wanted to. Um, jump into this kind of a world and for those of you that have been listening it's been mainly music related and just kind of like that world so it's i think it's a little refreshing and something that'll be kind of cool for some people to just really enter into a different perspective of maybe something people don't know about i mean i don't really i didn't i knew that you were adopted but i never knew like the full story and i think it's definitely interesting just to for people to really understand and just like, you know, see different people's perspectives and experiences and, right, you know, yeah. obviously that full on story. And like I said, you're welcome to go as deep as you'd like, but um, I just have a few questions. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> welcome to Dr. Phil. No, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, let me see here. We, um, I keep seeing we, like I have like 30 people here. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, let me see. How can I start this off? I wanted to ask, I guess in general, was there a specific like moment that, that you were told like, Hey, you're adopted or it was just something that you like always knew as you were young, like an understanding. Yeah. Um, really for me, like my, my adoptive parents never, never made it to seem like I was adopted. Like, mm. like I was always, I was their child. So essentially like, there was never a moment where they're like, Hey, you're adopted. It's, it was always just known. So there was gotcha. never, there was never a moment for me where they're like, Hey, you're, you're adopted, you, da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's good. for me, it was always, it was always known for, because, because as we go along into this podcast um, and you hear the story um, to me that I was their miracle baby, essentially. Sure. Yeah. No, definitely. That definitely does make a big difference. Um, and since then, I mean, tell me like a little bit about like the background. Uh, well, do you, I'm assuming, I don't know, so I apologize. <laughs> but um, did you ever been? Have, I'm assuming you've been told something about like your, your actual parents or like yeah, um, yeah. No, I know essentially like the full story of of who they are um, um, and where they're from and everything. So essentially. Uh, my birth father was the son of a ranchero in Mexico. Nice. Um, and my birth mother was a was the daughter of one of the maids that worked there on the ranch as well. Mm. So essentially, it's it was these two kids that you know got hot and heated. Yeah. Um, my birth mother was uh, I think fifteen or sixteen at the time when she gotcha. got. Uh, I would say probably fifteen when mm-hmm. she got pregnant with me because she was sixteen when she actually had me, if I remember everything correctly. Sure. 
And so, in Mexico, you said? Yes. Do you know what city it was? Um, I was told. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Somewhere so, out there. Yeah. Nice. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that so there was never there was never anything like hidden from me. Like I know some some parents raise their kids and don't tell them that yeah, they're don't adopted. Tell. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and actually, most people are actually surprised to find out that I am adopted because to them, they actually when they see me with my family, they mm. don't even. I guess we all look alike. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, so as far as during that process, like, were you ultimately born in the U.S. or in Mexico? It was in Mexico. Okay. So, yeah, nice. it was essentially like um, like an arranged adoption. Gotcha. So the way that the story went was uh, my parents or my adoptive parents were originally from Michigan. They moved down mm -hmm. here to Georgia and um, ended up, you know, getting integrated into the community and everything. And they were young when this all happened, probably about 21, 22, I think. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, they were ready to have kids. And so they started trying to have kids. Um, and they found out they weren't able to. Like the doctors were telling them, was telling my, uh, my mom that essentially she couldn't have kids. Wow. Yeah. So um, I guess through that, you know, they had their, their struggles and everything, you know, dealing with that. And it eventually came to them to have that um, – the option to do adoption. So they started reaching out for, you know, reaching out in that community because right. this is back, you know, the eighties, nineties, sure, you know, like agencies uh, and yeah. stuff. So, and there's no internet. So everything's, you know, phone calls, you know, you have to wait for somebody to get back to you and yada, yada and all this fun stuff. So essentially the way that it worked out, they were able to get in contact with um, someone in Texas who um, did, um, did these, set up these adoptions essentially with a, with Mexican children, mm -hmm. um, with, uh, you know, with mothers or, or families that weren't able to provide for children. And so he essentially was able to make this arrangement with my birth mother. Um, you know, she originally, you know, she found out she was pregnant, you know, she went to a doctor. She actually wanted to have an abortion originally. So mm -hmm. that's actually, that's actually something I learned recently. Oh, I, later on. That or. I'm not going to say recently. I'm not going to put that on. I'm not going to put that on my parents. Sorry. Uh, they might have told me like when I was younger, but we just re they we recently went on a family trip where they you know kind of shared more of the story with the whole oh, family. Yeah, that's you know, cool. Getting more elaborate with it. Sure. So that was something that they that they told me or told in the story, and I was like, I don't remember ever being told that. So I remember that? <laughs> they might have told me, so I'm not going to put that on them. But sure. But so. Because that's part of the story. She originally wanted an abortion. So right. the doctor that she went to didn't believe in abortion. And she was actually part of an organization. She actually started up an organization there in Mexico to set up adoptions. Gotcha. So she was able to get in contact with the guy in Texas. Mm -hmm. And he got in contact with my parents. And then basically the whole chain of events happened. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's cool. Yeah. And so do you remember, did, did they tell you? I'm sure you didn't remember, <laughs> yeah. but how old were you like when they, when the adoption actually took place? Um, they were actually, they were actually there. Wait, they were actually there waiting to oh, take wow. me in their art, like take me into their art. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, so awesome. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cause like, like you said, like your birth mom started the process mm -hmm. while she was already pregnant. So getting right. to speak with them and do that. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And, um, I mean, tell me a little bit about just like your overall upbringing. Uh, did, so not to ask the same question again, but I know you said it was always kind of understood. Right. But since you was there, what's the earliest memory that you remember? Like, are they my 
real like <laughs> family or they're like you just remember ever since you're a little kid like hey like we adopted you yeah no it really was just like ever very since transparent very like yeah very open i mean nice. there might have been a moment of like maybe curiosity um because there was a point i think when i was like 10 or 11 that i actually went back with my dad to mexico to actually visit oh wow and um part of the reason for the trip too was also to try and find my birth mom. Gotcha. And then on top of that, uh, not to put this on my parents again, cause they might've <laughs> told me, um, but I didn't, I didn't remember at the time, but they, like I said, we recently had this story or they shared the story again mm. with the family a little bit and they elaborated more on it. Um, so they mentioned that, you know, while we were over, when we got there, they actually found out that my birth mom had reached out again after everything had happened because she had changed her mind. No way. Yeah. So when we went back, um, when we went back when I was like 10, you know, we found that out. So uh, my dad and the guy, because we went back with the guy that helped set up the original adoption as well, because he went as like a a translator and guide. Mm -hmm. So when he, so when they found out or whatever, they kind of discussed it among themselves. I I don't remember being involved with it. So (laughs) like I said, I'm not going to put this on my parents that they didn't (laughs) tell me, but I don't remember. Right. But so they may kind of made the decision, okay, well, let's not try and seek her out. Just gotcha. kind of do it. No, sure. That, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of statistics out there and stuff of, of that actually happening. Right. And yeah, they're like, definitely. you know, I'm going to get my baby back or something, you know, and they try and like hunt you down type yeah. thing. Like it's very real. You know, that's definitely, that certainly does happen. So definitely I can, I can see their, their reasoning for wanting to kind of, you know, take that route. Um, was there ever a moment that along that line that were you, was there ever a moment that you're like, I, I do want to meet her or find like anything like that or not really? I think after that, I felt content. Yeah. I think after that trip, I kind of, there was some kind of, there was some curiosity. Sure. Um, and from the period from probably that time to probably like 16, there was like, um, I don't know, like a strong desire to know more. Like I think that period for or, I'm not going to say for everybody, but there was a, that period for me was kind of like trying to figure out um, who I was, I guess. Sure. Yeah. You know, like cause, 14, cause that time, 15. Yeah. At that point, like you're kind of like, you know, that realization that for me was that, oh, I am adopted or whatever, mm-hmm. kind of like did influence some of uh, a lot of my life to, like, during that period. Yeah. So it was definitely kind of, you know, just trying to do, trying to, you know, figuring out you know, do I really want to meet her? Right. Um, if I did, what would I say to her? You know, sure. um, would I even want to, would I have even been, you know, wanting to meet my birth dad too, you know? Sure. Um, if I, you know, from what I remember from that period, you know, my mindset was like, I was very much more curious about knowing my mom. I was more, I guess, I don't know. I felt, I feel more connected with, with my mom than I did my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, to me in my head, like the way that I, felt the story went was that my dad kind of essentially abandoned her when all mm. this happened, you know, he kind of, gotcha. you know, washed his hands of it kind of sure. thing, you know, cause he's the son, of, he's the son of the ranchero, you know, he's the one right. that's got going places, you know, she's, yeah, right. she's the daughter of a, the maid that works there or whatever. Right. You know? So, um, so for me in my mind, you know, he was never, he was never an interest for me to know. Um, but definitely, definitely yet yeah, my mother for, yeah. the, for, for that portion. Of, the of thing, course. So. No, I could see that. Like you said, the fact that, seemed like he didn't really care and like you said they were pretty young as well yeah um so that could definitely take place but yeah i could definitely see where that would be coming from 
And I know you're kind of briefly touched on just, you know, those kind of pivotal years in your life. Oh, like yeah. you said, between 10 to 16, it's like that, like middle school to ninth grade, <laughs> like yeah. such pivotal, and, and, and for like which a, is so for, like yeah, a big for, part of people's lives. For, for a young guy, for a young boy, like that's, sure. you know, going through puberty and all that different stuff. Sure. And on top of that, you got, you know, you've essentially always known your entire life that you're adopted. So going through that period, you people, you know, that period of time for everybody's already trying to figure out who you are right. on top of that. You're, you know, dealing with the fact that, okay, how do I feel about being adopted? You know? Sure. Or how do I really feel about being no, adopted? No, absolutely. Do you, do what, what do you remember was like your earliest memory feeling like I don't belong if at all, maybe you never did. And obviously, yeah, I mean, I just want to say your family's amazing. Yep. <laughs> like, oh no, yeah. Your dad's awesome. Everybody's awesome. And I know that they definitely uh, have done an amazing part. But at the end of the day, the reality is, you know, you have a story. Right. And, and I think it's also important that you to go and like kind of feel through those process, those feelings. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, and I won't go super deep, but I don't know if I ever told you, but like my dad passed away when I was eight years old. And obviously when I was young, he died of cancer, mm-hmm. you don't really like notice. And I'm sure with you, you're like, oh, I'm adopted. Okay, cool. Whatever. I'm just going to go like play with my friends. Yeah. But then down the road, as like you said, as time goes on, it, it doesn't actually take effect until, like you said, you're going through those actual situations or those right. moments of growing up and uh, like whatever, just maturing. Yeah. yeah um, but was there ever, do you feel like there ever was like that one pivotal time where you're like, whoa, like. I feel different or oh, like I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So when you actually asked me to do the podcast, I was like, Oh God, like I got to try and explore <laughs> these feelings yeah, and deep, these emotions that, you know, deep. I haven't really thought about. And, you know, and what I'm 29, yeah, 29 yeah. now. So that's like freaking yeah. time ago. Um, and trying to remember what I really felt. Right. Um, and everything. I don't, you know, there was definitely, I definitely felt like that. Like, like I didn't belong. I don't know. I don't remember if there was ever like one, a, moment. like a one moment. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that's, I don't know if that's for like everybody else, if they have like one moment or not. Sure. Um, part of, I mean, for me, the reason I felt like I, there wasn't one moment was because I always kind of like felt like, felt like that. Yeah. Like the that, same that way. That I didn't belong. Sure. You know? No, I hear you. Yeah. That's definitely going to be understandable. Um, and, and in, in regards to that, like how, how did you process that? Like, did you ever speak about it? Like tell your, your siblings or your friends or your parents, like, Hey, like I feel this way or you didn't, maybe you kept it to yourself. No, I think, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I I think probably the best way that I could probably describe uh, myself or people that don't know me is that I'm a, I'm a very emotional person, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a very, I don't, I'm not, I, yeah, I don't express my emotions. So (laughs) you can imagine that, that combination is probably like the worst combination ever. Uh, thankfully I'm aware of that now. Sure. So that is something that I work on, but definitely back then that probably, that, that was probably back in my head that I realized I was kind of like that, but not so much as where I was able to, um, I guess confront it. Right. So, so yeah. Um, so I always just kind of like, felt like that felt that like 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 I didn't belong so for me it was always just kind of I guess I would just say depression it was really honestly just depression I was just an honestly 
depressed person. Yeah, and you remember time. feeling like that like as young, like you said, as young yeah. as what, ten years old? Ten, yeah, I would younger. I mean, I would say ten years old is about is around when I went on that trip. Right. Um, I would probably say a couple of years after that, probably early as maybe twelve. Gotcha. 12, no, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just always kind of struggled with that. On top of you know, oh cool, I'm I'm adopted too, and trying to figure out and process all those feelings and emotions that go with. Right. It. No, I can't imagine because you know you, it. You don't know how to feel. Either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just like, Especially at that period. What does that like, even mean? Like, what is that? You know. And I, and I'm only assuming here. Obviously, I have no clue. And just basing it off myself of um you know in in my experiences certainly not the same same story by any means but in in trying to relate with you um like i said my dad passed away and growing up and like i remember my mom took me to like therapy when i was like a little kid right like i'm like eight years old like i yeah i understood the idea of death but like you said growing up it didn't affect me till i grew up right you know, yeah until you i was know, older you like, know i oh. had i had all these emotions inside me but never really let them out right or or when i let them out they were at the very wrong times <laughs> and in the worst like ways imaginable you know sure you know um you know there, i remember plenty of times where you know i would get for no reason like get upset at my parents like uh, for whatever reason i, I like to take out my anger on my mom a lot when i was around that period like sure there was plenty of times that i know that i would yell at her and she would go and, and cry you know yeah and so and so and it was all because um, a lot of that had to do with like, you know, all these emotions that I was feeling, but was unwilling to let out or talk to people about, you know, right. Except, except for in those moments, like I said, like in those moments when they came out at the worst time, <laughs> right. you know, and then you'd have to, you know, you'd have to work through, work through that situation that comes up with that person right. and resolve it. And then just like, <laughs> gosh, why can't we have to have, you know, a normal conversation instead of you know, letting it build up and then it's just go everywhere. Definitely. Do you, do you and how <laughs> dual question in a way? Um, like how, how were your siblings part of the process and, or like for yourself? Like, do you feel like not to say like they were terrible to you, or anything, <laughs> you know, like, but like, was there anything that helped you process? Like, were they a part of that process? They're like, hey, you know, like we still love you. You're still like a brother, and I've, or maybe people would say that stuff, and you're just it didn't click in your head either way. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, like it, I literally, I really didn't talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and that even went to my siblings. Um, sure. Maybe you know, I might have talked to Joseph a little bit mm-hmm. um, more um, than I would some of the others because uh, because we're so close in age. Um, he, I'm born in 90. He was born in 91. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I just feel I feel closer to Joseph. So, I don't know if I ever really talked to him about it. I know there were a couple times that, you know, with some group of friends that included myself and Joseph, you know, we would have, you know, these deep conversations and stuff. Sure. Um, but I don't really, I don't really remember if I ever really talked to him about those specific feelings about sure. being adopted. Um, I think they were more just in general about, like I said, like the depression and like. Right some of those other emotions that came out when I, when they exploded. Right. No, definitely. And, um, not to go backwards, but I wanted to bring back up on with your parents not being able to have kids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tell yeah. me about that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, Cause obviously they do now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So I have, uh, four other wonderful siblings now. 
So essentially after the whole adoption process mm -hmm. went through, you know, they came back to America, yada, yada. Um, like I mentioned, I was born in 1990. Right. Um, almost immediately after. A year later. <laughs> yeah. They find out that they're going to be pregnant. Wow. And that's with Joseph, who was born in 1991. That's crazy. Then down the line, there was Peter, who was born in 93. Emma, who was born in 96. And Samuel, who was born in 2000. I can remember that one because we're 10 years apart. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. So, and like I like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that's why they call me, that's why they refer to me as their, like, their miracle baby. Because as soon right. as they adopt me, like, yeah, you see kids, a little spark. Kids everywhere, you know? <laughs> that's so crazy. No, that is an awesome story, man. That's nuts. But yeah, I, you know, that stuff definitely happens. <laughs> the doctor's like, yep, no, I'm sorry, not yeah. gonna happen, not gonna work. And then surprise. <laughs> but that's really cool. What about um kind of going back to the uh what we were on as far as like those processes and like going through those feelings and um I'm curious about like the approach that maybe your parents had with you during that time while you're, you know, you're just depressing. You're just like dealing with these feelings that you don't know where, the, what they are really. And you're not, you don't know how to deal with them. Right. But yeah. how were they able to kind of nav help you navigate through that? Uh, my mom was more of like, kind of like a background, um, background help, I guess, in the way that she, mm -hmm. that she, the way that she approached me. But like, I said, like I said, I was very more, aggressive with her mm -hmm. with the way that I talked to her and everything. So she, I come from uh, a Christian background. So my, uh, my parents are Christian and everything. So the, the way that my mom approached it was that she kind of took a step back and just her, her way of dealing with it was, was praying for me. Um, so that definitely, I definitely appreciate that now as that is the approach that she took with that. Um, yeah. Like kind of giving you some space in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And and my dad was kind of like kind of the same way up to those points where, like I mentioned, I would have these explosions against my mom. Right. And he's like, all right, relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'd have, you know, he had to sit, he had to sit me down and be like, what's, what's going on, man? Like, sure. why, why are you being this way? And, and like sure. I mentioned, I, I was, I would, I remember just like sitting there and just like staring straight ahead, like at my feet and just like not even like looking at him, not even acknowledging like hmm. what he's trying to, you know, talk to me or whatever. Right. So, so yeah, like I said, I was I was a pretty I was a I was a brat. To be honest, now that I, now that I'm thinking about it, I was I was pretty horrible. The first book. Yeah, the test child. Right. That's so cool. No, yeah, man. Like I said, I can definitely see where that's coming from. But yeah, from an outside perspective, I can definitely appreciate that of them as well. That you know that I'm sure it's tough for them not knowing how you're really feeling. Right. And yeah. And kind of like what you're going through and it, like you said i really feel like those those years are just so so pivotal as well yeah and um something, and, 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 yeah. Like, and like i said it's like there was there's, there's nothing like against like my parents they did everything sure by, yeah. by like reaching out to me it, it exactly. was it was all you know reflecting back on it, it was all on me to to try and understand and process these feelings which i wasn't able to you know and lashing out you know so yeah it was it was all on me for the way that I acted or treated them, you know? Right. No, I hear you. Now going, you know, like you said, along that time, and I've been, I feel like I've been having this conversation a lot with a lot of people and some people in the, in the podcast that will be coming out soon, but just like 
this time in our life, like I'm 30 years old as well. We're pretty close in age. And, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, I was talking about it with some friends last night, but it's kind of like your second puberty in the sense of like, you know, I did in, in a general societal way, like, Oh, well you finished college and right. you moved out and you're right. kind you're of on living this, like, your life. You know, second stage of your life. Or right. Whatever. And like, you're kind like of like, life is really beginning now because <laughs> right. you're in your teens. Exactly. And you're kind of like somewhat trying to find your identity in that way. Yeah. De- did oh, no, did you ever feel in regards to like, you know, being an, an adoptee, like, is that something that you felt that I like, was your identity or you didn't really like cling to that? Like it wasn't that big of a, a thing. Like obviously you knew that you were adopted, right. But you didn't grow up being like, yeah, I'm adopted. I'm like, that's who I am. Like, I'm yeah, adopted. no, it was, it was, I mean, if people asked, like I, like I mentioned, like nobody really, really notices. Yeah. Nobody really <laughs> suspects that I'm not. Honestly, I never knew when I first met blood. you guys, I was like, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like, so the question doesn't really come up that often like if people mm-hmm. you know kind of like ask the situation or whatever like i'm you know i'll mention it but it's not like it's not you know i'm not like hey i'm drew and i'm adopted right you know, like <laughs> hey i'm you know i'm drew these are my siblings this sure. is my parents yada yada like yeah no at this point it's like it's not even it's not even a thing to me um being adopted cool honestly good like, like i'm like i said like i i had to go through you know the process of of digesting and and coming to terms with being adopted and and those early years that we talked about was sure. was the most the most intense part of that um and the later ones were more of just kind of like really yeah I, I calmed down a lot after mm. that i mean some of it um still was there it was you know learning to learning how to deal with those emotions and how to best let them out you know right so de- yeah no i definitely get you from from you know, where I'm now at 29 from the time back to, I would say probably say 25, maybe 26, when I was mm. 25, 26, though that period of time for me has really felt like that second, like you were talking about <laughs> that second, like, you know, maturity or right. second growth, you know? Sure. Sure. No, that, that definitely is. And again, you know, in, in so many people's life. And I mean, I do, I, I am trying to put myself in situations to learn more about it. And so again, I appreciate you yeah. being open and, honest about yourself which again is something that's uncommon because i feel like we've never even had this yeah. kind of a conversation yeah like we've never and i've known you for years now <laughs> I, was, I was i was actually trying to think like how long we've known yeah. each other and i think it's it's gotta be has been since like 2000 somewhere between 2007 and 2009 I think. yeah 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 no definitely definitely those of terror days like <laughs> triangle type stuff yeah yeah because <laughs> then i met so many people but yeah that was definitely like around 2008 or seven, eight, nine, yeah, something so that's, like that. Dude, we've known each other for like at 10 least or 11, ten years, 10, yeah. 10, ten to almost maybe twelve. Years, if not so. more, yeah. yeah. But um, I really, like I said, especially in this day and age, and in, in our society, and like in a man's life of our age, there's just so many just pressures and like just stuff in general. And Next I kind of just want to like you know shift course a little bit in relation to just not focusing on the adoption side, but like where you are now, like just your life in general, like as far as like you dealing with depression, is that something maybe you still battle with or struggle with or deal with or gradually you've been, you've been able to kind of manage it or. Yeah, no, it's, it's, sense. it's something that still does come up on occasion. Yeah. Um, but it's like I mentioned, like um, 
from, you know, now to like 25, I was really just, you know, really honing in on what, uh, you know, what I believe and what and how I felt and, and, and how I dealt with it and everything. So um, these past couple of years for me have been actually, uh, sorry, mom and dad, but pretty fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> really figuring, I really felt like that I kind of like really figured out who I am in regards to like, you know, even adoption and how I, and you know, how I relate to my family and, and friends and, Good. and, and just really coming to terms with it. You know, um, I still, like I said, like I still, it still comes up on occasions. Um, there are, you know, brief moments or whatever, but you know, uh, I'm constantly reminded every day of, of the friends that I have and, and the family that I have, you know, I've really come to, sure. to appreciate, appreciate my family now, you know, right. um, you know, as, at least once a day, somebody's texting in the family group chat, you know, <laughs> talking about something sure. stupid or, you know, just something silly or whatever. So it's that definitely keeps me grounded and, and reminded of what I do have and, and how lucky I am. Right. No, that's definitely such a big thing. And I agree, like definitely growing up, like the older you get, definitely the more you appreciate your family, your parents, your family. Like it's like they're they're the anchor that will always be there that are going to you know, like friends at the end of the day, friends come and go yeah, and, and acquaintances and whatnot. And especially growing up, you meet so many people. Sometimes you just, you know, friendships just kind of fade away, but your family is obviously going to always be there yeah, um, to, to back you up. Um, how do you, in these speaking about like actual um, mental health and things like that, uh, what do you feel like are some certain things that, that you might do, currently that kind of help you do best practices against that cool yeah i mean some of the things uh or what i like to do is you know trying to be conscious of it you know because there are times like like i said like maturing you kind of realize when you're starting to get in kind of those moods right. and and i definitely have accountability too at, at work um Good. because not only do i work with these people um Two of the guys there, I count as as friends outside of work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, my buddy Kevin and my buddy Eddie, um, both are just are two guys that I look up to. Um, Eddie's like one year older than me. Kevin's actually younger than me, but I have a lot of respect for for both of them for yeah. uh, for their different situations that they've gone through. Sure. You know, um, like I mentioned, we we hang outside of work at least you know um, once every two weeks or so. You know, every weekend or you know, get to go out, you know, go get some drinks or, or, you know, go over to one or one of the, per, you know, one of our houses and, and you play, play video games. You know, that's yeah. one, that's one of the things that we like to do. We'll, we'll all get together, you know, get some beers, um, order some food and, and sit down and yell at each other while playing Mario party, you know? <laughs> so, awesome. so those two, those two guys are, are a big part of, of keeping me accountable. Cause like, mm. you know, growing up, you, you find that you spend like 99% of your life at work right. so uh, so those two guys um you know being kevin i actually knew before i started working there with him he's actually the one that helped me get the job there mm -hmm. um knowing him you know knowing him as a friend outside of work before then you know kind of allowed me to feel very integrated there at the company and get to know him and some of the people there and then getting to know Eddie and hearing his story you know when he joined our team and everything yeah. and getting to know him they're both 
we all keep each other very honest there at work. You know, if one of us is in a bad mood, the other two are going to mention it to that person. Right. We're going to, you know, however we like deal with it. Check in on you. Like, hey, what's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all, we all share the same office. We all each got like a different wall with our desks <laughs> in our office. So we're, and me and Eddie spend like, you know, 80% of our time is right there in the office. And Kevin's coming in and out from, um, from his area of work or whatever. But um, if one of us noticed someone else is being like an asshole and having an attitude, we'll <laughs> be like, hey, dude, what's going on? You know, hey, you good? <laughs> yeah, you good? What's up, bro? Like, you know, we, we, we give each other like, you know, we'll joke with each other. But like when it gets down to it, like we get serious about, right. you know, our feelings and our emotions sure. and stuff like that. That's really good, man. That's yeah. that's like I can look up to that for sure because I feel like that's so important. And again, just going back to the whole thing about like men in society it's about, you know, you don't talk about your feelings and you right. gotta be, you gotta and, tough and, it out. Yeah. And that's what, and that's, what's cool about these two guys, about those two is that they're, you know, we're not afraid to get down into the heart of the matter and just talk about like how we're feeling. Right. They're, yeah, cause they're real stuff, you know, cause like I mentioned, Eddie's, Eddie's older than me and he's technically both mine and, and Kevin's boss. So, you know, he kind of, he, he takes that even further, even to, even into our personal lives, like nice. even like give it like almost like a mentor. Like I, I, sure. I, I view Eddie, you know, when you listen to this, Eddie, don't get a big head, man. But I, I view you as a mentor, someone that I look up to, you know, with the way that you're doing things and everything, man. That's so, awesome, dude. And, definitely. I think that, like you said, it, it's definitely important just in general to, to have people like that. And like hearing that just kind of brings to mind like all these, you know, stuff that show up on social media. It's just that I saw recently saying like check in on your friends that are always happy. Right. And like, I don't know, the, for some reason that hit me like, wow, like, like that's so true. Like, especially though, like if you don't actually make the intention or make the effort or be intentional right. to check in on your friends, like, you know, it's not going to be good. And ultimately you kind of uh, can lead in, in your groups, you know, around your friends, even in your family. I know that sometimes different families just are, are and this comes out, obviously it's generational because their parents and their parents' parents were this way where, right. Not, I don't want to use the word cold, but they were just raised maybe just, you know, tough love in the sense of like, I don't, we don't talk about our feelings. We don't talk about our emotions. Right. Um, get your stuff done and, and, you know, wipe the dust off of you and keep going. But at the yeah. end of the day, that obviously doesn't promote any kind of like mental Hel- yeah, well-being. Health, yeah, healthy, yeah. <laughs> healthy state of mind. Right. Communication, anything like that. And right. so, you know, I definitely think it's super important to have that in your life, you know, whether, like you said, your coworkers ultimately will be your friends. And like you said, you definitely spend way more time at work than you do at home. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's something that I think is, is important to be intentional with your, with your coworkers. And, you know, that could even go into something deeper with being your friends. Right. Like, but, like I mentioned, like coworkers, like yeah. you, you have to even, you know, I feel like at least in our setting, we have to even be more honest with each other there, than, right. you know, even, yeah. than even with some of your friends and family. Cause yeah. you're like, all right. It's like, I'm gonna spend all day with you, man. Yeah, you better like, not be pissed off at me. Yeah. Like okay, did, did this uh, did this happen or not? Like making sure everything's going out on time. Right. No, that's so, so true. So yeah, there's a higher. I think there's like a higher standard of accountability at you know just because you're in a work setting, but whatever. But that, like I said, that flows right into our mm-hmm. our natural friendship. Sure. No, that's very true. It's 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 just super important, definitely. And like I said, I'm I'm trying to do my part in, in being intentional to do this. Like I mentioned, just calling people and <laughs> yeah, dude, I haven't talked to you in years. What's up? <laughs> like being intentional in that sense of just like reaching out and 
I feel like I talk about this on every single episode, so I'm sorry to everybody <laughs> listening. But I don't know. It's just been such a like big, like glowing thing in my life about social media and just how because of it, it, it really just disconnects you. And I know that we all know this. Everybody listening can agree. But when you actually like sit like, I don't know, for me, when I vocalize my thoughts, I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah, this is so true. This is so real. But, you know, following up, you probably have hundreds of people that you follow or follow you on Instagram or right. Facebook and you just check in their stories or their posts. And you're like, oh, they're doing great. Oh, they had a kid. Oh, they got married. Oh, they got a new job. But you never talk to them. You know, you just you might right. like the photo. <laughs> yeah, like, that's it. But you never be like. Hey, what's up, dude? I saw this just happen. What's going on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and for me, like, I'm so, so guilty of this, of just like, you know, becoming lazy, really, I think is what it is. Just falling into that trap of like, oh, cool. Sounds good. Whatever. Yeah. It's, Instead I mean, of like picking up the phone, be like, dude, what's up? Like, congrats. Yeah. You know? it's, 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 it's a shortcut just to have a lazy relationship without having a relationship mm-hmm. with somebody. Exactly. So, yeah, I definitely under, understand that. I definitely see that. Uh, definitely in, in social media and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, and actually that's, I don't know if this is true for you, but for me, the older I've gotten, the less I've found myself wanting to do social media. Yeah, no, it's true. I think it's the same, the same for like a lot of people. Um, so I, I definitely agree that that's something that can happen. And it just gets so easy just to get wrapped up in, Oh, like I said, looking at everybody's post, but you don't make that actual effort and intention. It's something I've been trying to do. Um, and, and I definitely need to get better at, but, you know, going back to the whole like accountability thing, yeah. you know, even with like your close friends, it's, it's, I, I, I want to say another word that important cause it just is, but yeah. you know, it's so important. And I feel like, I don't know, it, it's easy. And again, at least for myself and in, in my life, I, I don't want to use it as an excuse. And it obviously we can all be like, Oh dude, I'm just busy. I'm working, right. I'm tired, whatever. And like, I just find myself like isolation is another thing that I feel is really easy at this age in our lives. Like, oh, again, yeah, like the, the later twenties and like, like even like, and I speak for myself, like I'm married, I have an 18 month old son and like I being vulnerable and honest right now, like I find myself like I can isolate myself very easily. Right. Even within a house with two other people, you know, and like yeah. my wife, she sleeps next to me every night. But it's easy to kind of let yourself just fall into that. And then, you know, in, in stages of life where, you know, you live by yourself or you got roommates and you're just like right. living your day to day and you're just like, Man, I haven't spoken to anybody in like days, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and like you get stuck in this cycle. And I feel like, like you said, that's why it is so important to actually establish those roots and relationships at your place of work. Um, and I know that sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to quit anyways or whatever. Right. But yeah. still like you can actually still develop like really lifelong friendships and people at work. And, you know, if you're going to spend so many hours or like be intentional with people and like, you know, for all, you know, you just saying hi to your coworker that doesn't talk to anybody mm-hmm. like, Hey, what's up? What'd you do this weekend? How are you? Like, yeah, you saved their life there that night. They were going to kill themselves. Like that stuff is real. Right. Yeah. Like, no, that stuff is super, super is, real. Yeah. And it, like I find myself thinking about that so many times and especially like I said that little posting that I saw or whatever that checking on your friends that are always happy and they're like always laughing and they're like the life of the party because you see those people and like oh they're good you know like they're right. obviously happy yeah <laughs> they don't need somebody to be like hey man how are you how happy are you really yeah but a lot of times you know many times people that do that it's like 
I don't want to say it's like a cry for help or attention, but maybe it is. Right. You know, maybe it's just like, hey, like, please, I'm making noise so that somebody can actually invest their time in me or ask about me. And, you know, that stuff, again, is just very, very real. And uh, like that idea always makes me think about like Robin Williams. And, you know, obviously one of the funniest people like to ever live. Like, how would you think he would have depression? Right. Enough to like you know, it's commit suicide. Sure. You know, no, that's so and, true. and, and in this day and age, like, yeah, like social media is such an easy way to, to master throw up, life. yeah, the, the master <laughs> life to throw up this, this persona and, and say, look, at, look, look what I'm doing. This is how I am. Like, look at me. I'm happy. I'm doing great. But you know, you still don't know how they're doing for real. No, definitely. And, and one thing too, that, you know, I've talked about in some of the other episodes is just how, you know, unfortunately there's like, you don't want to post. And I, I'm like super guilty of this where I'm just like, I'm not going to post anything until I think it's cool to post, you know, like yeah. whether if it's like, it's a cool view, like a mountaintop or whatever, right. you know, yeah. just like, Oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But, and obviously granted, not everybody's going to be like, what's up guys. I'm depressed <laughs> in my room. And like, you know, <laughs> I want to like end my life. Some people might do that, and obviously that in itself is obviously the ultimate like cry for help. But it's just you know going to the basics of you know really being there for each other and keeping each other accountable. And I feel like even more so in today's society, like society, and like especially in this age group, especially you know, and and the way that just our country is. I don't want to get like super political, but like you know, uh, people that went to college are like drowning in debt. You know, right. like they took out student loans and stuff, and it's just like so so bad. This is a super random like side tangent, but I saw the show on TV. It's I forget what it's called. I think it was Locked Up Abroad. Okay. But legitimately, this guy was being interviewed from prison, and he said he was studying, and he just graduated with like over two hundred thousand dollars in in student loans. Right, and he was just like, there is literally like no way that I can like survive. Right, like I, I can't. There's no way that I can do this. And then on top of that, all the interest and it, like, you're just never going to pay it off. So this guy was pretty much just like, you know what? Screw it. Like I'm going to go to Panama and I'm going to find a cocaine dealer <laughs> and I'm going to get buy cocaine from it and smuggle it into the U S and sell it. And I'll pay off my student loans in like six months. And legitimately the guy like walked through the whole story. He went out there. He had a guy, he had that you know for they got in contact with yeah and he they show him you know like the reenactment right show. <laughs> and it's this guy like i forgot even what he used i think it was maybe you know like they use like condoms and stuff mm-hmm. and they like cut them and then like a little balloon and then he had to like get whack dip it in wax uh-huh. and roll it around just so like these big golf balls with a bunch of cocaine in it and he like mapped it out so that he can like put all these pellets inside of him and actually crossed through. It was insane. And he said though, that like, he was just like, I'm already this far. Like I'm just going to commit and do it. And he went through the whole thing and actually went through customs. Yeah. And then it came to the point where he is, he, he's out of the airport. Like he walked through, he's perfectly fine, but he started noticing like, okay, I don't feel so good. He's like profusely sweating Oh, no. And like, don't tell me one of them like cracked or something like yeah, that. Yeah, oh, dude, it was no. insane. And like he's saying, like he's literally in the parking lot of the of the airport trying to get a taxi, and he just 
Eve was just getting worse like by the second. And yeah, he's like, he something like happened. Slowly ODing. Yeah. And he literally, he said that he just, he got on his phone and he called 911 himself. Yeah. And said like, I've done something wrong. Please send an ambulance right now. Like I need surgery immediately. Yeah. Like he knew exactly. He had done so much research as far as like what needed to happen, what can happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the um, the cop, a, a cop showed up first. I was like, hey man, you okay? And that the cop could tell like something was going on with them. He was just like, you know, like overdosing or something. And so, yeah, anyways, they got him, took him to the hospital, did like emergency surgery, got all the stuff out. And he like lived, but he went to prison. Right. And it's still there. And I, I forgot what the actual sentence itself was, but it was, I mean, several, several years and just that whole story. <laughs> just to pay off your student loans, yeah, guys. Right. Like, oh my gosh, that's so insane. And you know, obviously everybody's going through different stuff, but just that idea alone can bring on so much stress in, in, yeah, you know, in a, in a young adult's life and you're trying to live your life, you're graduated, like you're trying to live your own life, you know, like yeah. you got to pay your bills and you're trying to like move out of your parents' place and get a car and pay your cell phone bill and get groceries. Be, be an adult. Right. Trying just like take care of yourself and, you know, Things like that just definitely take a toll, like after a while. Mentally, and again, yeah, definitely. And like I said, the mental health aspect of that, of like isolating yourself, you're, yeah, like you will definitely not, fall into yeah, depression. Not, not <laughs> having that support system can, and can definitely, you know, send you for loops. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it's crippling for sure. So I definitely, that, you know, that's why definitely having those kind of connections and, and friends. And so, you know, it's been really cool for me to really even be able to reconnect with like, friends that i just obviously we keep in touch in the sense of like i'll leave them a comment every yeah, now yeah i see then. i see them on instagram it's oh like, they're the birthday dude. <laughs> oh facebook's telling me it's their birthday happy birthday exactly every year that's like the only comment i leave them happy birthday yeah it's terrible but you know it's the truth and so again i'm, I'm glad that we can connect in this yeah, way have have a real and and yeah have an actual conversation and talk about like what's going on and again i want to encourage those of you out there listening <laughs> that you know for real like yeah check on your old friends like go through your phone book and just call up somebody that you literally have not spoken to in such a long time just be like what's up how are you doing how's it going you don't have to record it like i do but <laughs> you, you can still you don't have to record all reconnections <laughs> right. like you can still definitely be able to you know get back in touch and just kind of rekindle things in that way and i think it just it, it, it goes for so much of a healthy life and you know, I always have you ever seen the movie um, Into the Wild? It sounds familiar. I don't know. If it's I've about it's like a true story about that guy that he was actually from Atlanta and like um, graduated from Georgia Tech, and he was like grew up in a pretty well off family, mm-hmm. and pretty much said like screw this, like I want to go live in the wilderness, and he pretty much like made his way all the way to Alaska. I don't think I did. And that. Um, okay. dude, yeah, you got to watch it. It's so good. But again, it's based off a true story. And he goes all the way to Alaska, and I'm like paraphrasing like the whole thing. Oh, wait, this isn't the guy that ended up like in some like a bus thing. Yeah, a bus yeah. thing. Okay, I think yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I've heard this story. I don't think I, I don't I haven't watched the movie, but I have heard. Dude, heard it's about so this. good. It's okay. like you know, it just walks him through the whole thing. Like right. this guy was ultimate, like <laughs> in my mind, trying to be like a a punk kid. Just like he burned his social security card, God. burned all his money. Yeah, and like he had a car, he abandoned it, and like made his family think or at least his family thought that he died because they found his 
his car like in a river somewhere or something. And so he's like, whatever. So he's literally just hitchhiked his whole way all the way up to Alaska and like goes through the different stages of him like working for food and just hitchhiking. And then he finally gets all the way to Alaska, like where he was really wanting to be. And yeah, he ends up like at the end of the day, the story, sorry if you didn't watch the movie or know about the story, but he ends up dying by himself. In right. this bus right. okay, that he yeah. found out there. And, you know, when he's out there, like, it's it's awesome. Like, it's beautiful. He's in Alaska and, like, you know, hunting and stuff and, like, catching fish, running from, like, grizzly bears and stuff. Right. But it was just crazy because after a while, he would, you, like, they they progressively show him, like, being, like, wow, I'm, like, alone. Like, this sucks. Right. Like, I'm by myself. I thought this was what I wanted. And the whole thing was that he ended up eating these berries that he confused with a book that he was, that he had. Mm -hmm. And he looked at the wrong one and there was one that looked very similar to the other. And one you can eat, it's edible. It's not a problem. It's nutritious. But the other one are these berries that look very similar to those, but they're literally like poisonous, Mm -hmm. but you don't die immediately. It's something that it goes into your system. And after that, it doesn't allow you to retain any kind of nutrients. Mm. So you literally die of starvation. Wow. So in the movie, they show him like getting extremely skinny. You know, he he's so weak, he can't even get out of the bus. Right. So it comes to the end of it where he's just like skin and bones. Mm. He's in a sleeping bag and he had carved into the bus from what I believe, from what I remember in the movie was that it pretty much just said like life was meant to be shared. Right. And then, like, he died and stuff. And so it's, like, super sad, Yeah, obviously. <laughs> super depressing. Bro. But it's just the, the message behind it The message it behind all. it, yeah. Like, wow, like, that's that, so true. Like, no, no no person is meant to to live their life alone. Yeah, definitely. Sure. And, again, it, you know, being, being, being able to fall into that life of, like, isolation and, like, I'm doing my own thing. Or even if you think, like, you're doing great, like, I'm grinding, you know, I'm going right. to make all this money, I'm doing this, which is, that's great. Keep it up. I'm all yeah. about it. But still share your life with people, you know. Right. Like, yeah. what's the point of having all this money? You can't even do anything and share it with other people. Right. And so, you know, going back to the whole premise of everything about mental health and depression and, and you know, with your story in particular about being adopted, that I'm glad and proud of you that you didn't allow that to define you right that it isn't your identity that it's something that is part of your story for mm-hmm. sure yeah and, and i'm glad that you're definitely like willing and, and open to talk about it which i think is is good and i hope that this was something kind of therapeutic for you in a way yeah, yeah <laughs> i definitely was I, I, to be honest with everybody i was a little bit nervous at first but sure. uh, i think yeah yeah no really fun. exactly it's, it's something good like i said that i mean i always say this too but Going to therapy is totally fine, but before you do it, like talk to your friends, you know, yeah, definitely. like I get it. Like you just need to go vent to somebody and talk to somebody. And I would say there's certain situations and, and like trauma in life that, that, that is important to go see like a licensed professional that can guide you right. yes, through definitely. that. Like I'm all about that. Absolutely. And I don't look down that on that at all. But at the same time, it's so much greater. Like even the therapist will tell you, hey, make sure you talk to your friends right. too, you know, yeah. make sure you like have a, have support, a support have system. A, yeah, have a support system outside of those areas, you know, that outside of mm-hmm. the therapy office or outside of work or wherever, wherever you need that support exactly. system to, to be. Yeah, because sure even that alone, like I can't even think of the countless movies that even portray that, you know, right. Like somebody's like depressed and 
you know, they're trying to go get medication or Zoloft or whatever. Right. And then they're like, oh yeah, go see a therapist. And then they go to the therapist every week, but then they're stuck. They're just adding another thing to that vicious cycle. Right. And it's almost like making it worse. Right. Because yeah, yeah. They're, all they're doing is just like talking and talking and right. the therapist just, is looking at you like, yeah, okay. You're just bringing up all that <laughs> stuff. And if the, if you're not having someone who's there to actually like have that support system, it's just going right. to be a repeated cycle of yourself up. exactly and like you part of it too like you were mentioning before like with your friends at work that you know a therapist is one thing like it's a professional they're, right. they're clinically and and they're they're educated so they're there to kind of guide you and tell you what to do and not to do how to like guide those feelings and stuff but they don't live in your day-to-day -day life you know right. like they don't you know, they don't see you on, on right. a daily basis like, like <laughs> yeah they don't go out with you or, yeah you know, go get some beers or, or whatever friend. yeah so there's definitely a, an added benefit to to opening up to your friends and and to whoever is important in your life, whether that you know be that your friends, family, or or coworkers, you know, it's good to make sure you have that support system in place. For so sure, that's definitely something that you know I've realized, and I'm, I'm I'm lucky enough to have that both you know now with my family, like uh, me and my family are incredibly close now. Like there's there's nothing that we don't share with each other. I don't think, um, and and the same like I mentioned, my coworkers. Uh, they're a huge support system. Like I, I see them more than my family. Um, so yeah, they're having them there, you know, at a place that I'm spending, you know, the majority of my life at or time sure. at this moment and everything, you know, having that support system is, is, is very important. I'm glad that, that I have both the, both that aspect, you know, with my family and with my coworkers and everything. Definitely. No, yeah, it's, it's definitely crucial. Um, but yeah, man. Thank you again. No problem, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate glad, you glad to, glad opening up. Yeah, like I said, I think it's cool. Like myself, I, I never really knew your story, so it's, it's been really cool. Glad I got to know you more. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how, but, how, but for how really, interesting it, it will be for some people, I hope. No, it definitely is. Like I said, it's something that, you know, I feel like somebody, maybe not, but I think most people at least know somebody that's been a dolphin. But if not, I think it's it's a really, it really is like an enlightening story of just like yeah. wow and, like and somebody's every, gone through that you know, you know? yeah every, every adoption story is different you know, exactly you know, you know mine is my own unique story you know mm -hmm. there's there's stories of you know someone getting adopted when they're 10 or 5 or whatever yeah. I, mine happened to be when i was at birth so right. you know and every like i you know everybody's gonna have you know different issues and stuff like that or how they how those issues manifest or whatever for sure know, for, for sure for someone that's adopted or whatever so exactly. being able to to share my perspective, you know, I'm, I'm glad I was able to do that. Hope yeah. People find it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Thank you, Drew. Again, very much appreciate you, uh, telling your story. I know that, uh, takes some guts to definitely be vulnerable and, honest and open like that about you know some of our past i know not everybody has a pretty shiny glittery past but it's definitely uh something that is always going to be a part of us so yeah man thank you again very much appreciate that and i hope for you guys listening as well that this was something that was you know interesting and that uh, at least sparked some interest in your mind or maybe you learned something new or at the end of the day maybe it's a great story to listen to um and this is what I'm hoping to provide for you all. So again, as I mentioned, I'm hoping to bring on a couple more peeps. I guess that's what the kids say these days to, uh, you know, talk about different stuff. I, everybody has a story. There's different backgrounds that, um, 
you know everybody's always coming from and i think it's good i think it's um you know even for both sides i think it's good to listen to things that you may not be familiar with maybe something you never heard about um you know it's always good to learn something or at the end of the day expose yourself to something that you might not have a close proximity as far as a relationship with that um you know and i'm, I'm excited to bring on different topics like that that ultimately some people may some people may not be uh you know having a close relationship with that and so there's a lot of different scenarios that we can go down for sure but um yeah thank you again for listening uh, by the time another one comes out you guys would have celebrated thanksgiving if you do that if not sounds good screw christopher columbus he was a jerk but yeah happy thanksgiving in the sense of enjoying your family <laughs> take care